in the very first episode of Love That Journey for Us, the podcast, I have none other than my co-author, Alicia May. And when I tell you I had a vision for how this conversation was going to go, it went the complete opposite in the best possible way. We talk about the process of publishing our book together, how we met, how we first met, and the journey that she's been on ever since. We had the book signing back in August of 2017. I'm so honored for her to share her story on this platform. And I know there's so many people out there probably going through or have been through the similar things that she's gone through and talked about in this podcast. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Oh my God, look at your hair. You look (laughs) so good. Thanks. It's uh it's a little bright, but I love it. So <laughs> Oh, it's so you. It's definitely you. Oh my god. It's been years. I know. I I was thinking about it the other day and I was actually talking with my boyfriend about it, like how random it was that I literally hopped on a plane to go and stay at someone's house that I had never met before. <laughs> like yeah, met on the definitely. And it sounds crazy now, but like at that point in my life, it was totally what I needed. You know, it just yeah. I needed the, the adventure. So definitely, definitely. I'm like, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm so nervous right now. This is my first episode. I <laughs> have never done this before. I was just like, shit, let me start a podcast. Why not? Um, and I couldn't think of a better person to introduce a podcast with than you. I feel like when I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, I feel like whenever I was at that point in my life before was when I like randomly asked you to publish a book with me. And uh, (laughs) for those of you tuning in, I met Alicia in a Facebook group um, in 2017. For photography, like totally unrelated to anything. Completely (laughs) unrelated. Um, and when I was looking for content the other day, I went through all of our old Facebook messages so I could like screenshot the, the message of me asking you. And I was just like, how random is that? Like, I don't know if today I would ever ask somebody to do that, or if I would have the (laughs) balls to like actually do what we did, but it was so spur of the moment. And I'm so glad that, you know, we did that. So I was just like full circle moment, a new chapter in my life. (laughs) yeah so we went from book to podcast and and here we go (laughs) yeah yeah definitely um I'm excited for you though I think that this will be like just I don't know your personality and your love of people in life like I think that this is such a good fit for you so I'm excited I think it's gonna be an awesome adventure for you thank you that means so much and just like with the book um even if nobody listens to this it's just it's, it's therapeutic you. yeah it's definitely yeah. therapeutic and I can like go back and listen to everything but I do hope that people listen to it because you know <laughs> it's be my full-time career now so um well, I will be listening so you at least have one listener I love you I love you um <laughs> so I guess let's just jump into it tell us a little bit about yourself who you are and you know where you are at in life right now yeah, so I am a mom to two beautiful little kiddos and uh, a stepmom to a little girl that's only nine months older than my daughter. So it's, oh. it's pretty perfect because they're, they're little BFFs and they, 
I mean, even before we, you know, started dating and all that stuff, we would hang out as friends. And, and so they, they've been, they've pretty much grown up together, which is pretty awesome, but, um, but they're fun. They, they definitely use up a majority of my time (laughs) (laughs) just just doing the kids stuff, but, um, but it's, it's been awesome. I, you know, I would say that of all of the things in my life that I've done, like being a mom has probably, probably been the most fulfilling and the best part of my life, which is awesome. So they're, uh, they're pretty great, but uh, currently I work at a software company and, um, and so I do my creative stuff on the side where I can and, you know, just, just live in life, just living in, yeah, it's been, it's been quite the adventure since we wrote the book, like kind of preparing for this, I, I started thinking back and um, my whole life was in shambles when we wrote that book together. Oh girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember the conversations that we had like leading up to like picking out all of the poems and like how we wanted the style of everything. Like that whole process of getting the book together was the only thing that I felt like I had control over in my life. And it was, it was the best and most perfect outlet for that time. Yes. No, I agree. Like, I remember, yeah, I remember talking with you even when I was in Albuquerque, like visiting you and stuff and just how hard life it was for you at that moment too. And it was just like, it felt like that was just where I needed to be. You know, I mean, it just felt like it was meant to be because I, I have to tell you, I, uh, so my little guy, he, he just turned five and my ex-husband asked for a divorce when, uh, when he was a week old, <laughs> we, oh we were the hospital for one week and he asked for a divorce and I was blindsided. I'm like, Hey, we, you know, we've been together for seven plus years. Like you're just, yeah. you don't even want to like try and work it out. Like, you don't like you just want to be done. So of course, at that point, like my question was like, did you cheat? Like, like Mm -hmm. what could the reason possibly be? Like we just had a baby and, uh, and it was about two weeks later that I discovered he'd been having an affair with someone that he worked with, um, throughout my pregnancy. And so, uh, one, when my son was three weeks old, we officially decided like, that was it. We called it, you know, and, and we were done. And, uh, And so that in and of itself was challenging. I had a two-year-old and a newborn, you know, and so going through the divorce process, separating from him, selling our house, like, I think the hardest part for me, like you said, was like, the only thing you had control over in that moment. I think that's what was hard for me is like, not that I had my whole life mapped out, but you have like at least a loose, you know, idea of what your life is going to look like and what next steps are and whatever. And in that moment, my life was chaos. Everything I thought I knew was gone. Like Mm -hmm. all of the plans that I had were gone and it was me and tiny kids and just like, okay, well, what's next? You know, we got to figure it out. So, um, so it was pretty crazy. And, uh, and then we wrote the book and, and it was just hard in general. My, my daughter was still at an age where she was still pretty needy. And then a newborn obviously is, yeah, pretty needy. Um, and so it was just a lot of stress and a lot of like, um, you know, at that particular moment, uh, right before I came out to see you, my ex had started 
you know, just being a little bit more flaky with like taking the kids and things like that. So I just felt like I was drowning. And so I, I, I told him, I'm like, Hey, I don't care what, you know, what you have going, you're taking the kids. I'm going to Albuquerque for the weekend. And you know, it is what it is. And, uh, I came home, picked up my kiddos and two days later he had lost his job, like a couple, couple of weeks before that. And, uh, a couple days after I get, got home from Albuquerque, I went to go pick up my kids and discovered that he had a full-blown uh, heroin addiction. And he was doing what? it in the apartment with, I mean, he had my kids like, while, so he was watching them while I was at work, obviously, you know, cause he didn't have a job. So oh my God. I went to go pick up my kiddos. Um, and this was seriously like two, three days after I got back from, from the trip where we did our book signing. So I had no idea before any of that. And I went to go pick up my kids and he was acting really weird. And I found a bunch of stuff in his bathroom and immediately took my kids from him. Like he didn't have them he didn't have them unsupervised after that point for like the next three years. I mean, it's only just been recently that he's like gotten that back, but it was like, like my whole life turned upside down immediately after we wrote that book, because at that point I had no, you know, it was just me and in my kids. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't send them over there anymore. And so it, uh, it kind of, kind of flip my world upside down for a little bit, but <laughs> my mind is completely blown because it was like, we talked almost every single day throughout the book process. And then the book got published. We did the book signing. And then I had no idea that that was going on. And then I started going through my stuff. Like my situation got a bit worse. And then I got the job traveling and all that stuff. So literally this moment right now is the first time that we're talking probably since you left yeah Yeah. except for like Instagram messages and things like that but yeah pretty much but it was it was pretty crazy and so there was a few years after that where it was just survival mode like just trying to just trying to survive with the kids and uh, I worked my ass off and uh, bought a house uh, about a year and a half ago so we, you know, we're obviously in a much better place now, but, um, yeah. but it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty rough for a while there. I mean, honestly, it was just, it was just survival mode. You know, you just kind of like, you go through the motions and you're just trying to survive. So yeah. it's pretty, <laughs> I like, I I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked. I had like this whole idea of where this conversation was going to go. And I was like, Oh, we're going to talk about the book and like, how that like shaped us and healed. He, what do you mean healed? Like after, after <laughs> we published the book, more shit happened. Like, you know it what was like- though? I, I needed that win in that moment though. Mm-hmm. Like I needed, like, I, f- I feel like that's, it kind of gave me some of my confidence back and it was just mm-hmm. like, it was, I don't know, just, I can do something hard. Like, cause you know, like you mentioned uh, in your like little description thing. We, we posted our diaries for the entire world to see, you know, like, and, (laughs) and, and I think that that's what a lot of people don't understand about poetry is it's not, it's not just that you write a poem to write a poem. Like you're literally writing out your feelings, at least for me. And, and I know for you as well, like that's, that's what you do. That's, that's when I have my creativity and, you know, and those, of like 
months of writing and whatever it's just when things are either really good or really hot really low in between I say that all the time it's so (laughs) it's so hard to write a poem or be in that because yes art and creativity is usually like bright and light but I feel like poetry is the opposite of that it's usually very dark and it's like those feelings that you don't know how to express that you don't know how to get out that you literally don't want anybody to know and right. there's there's no there's no rhyme there's no reason there's no structure that's what I love about poetry too there doesn't have to be a structure to it it's just no. like it's like word vomit with your pen and it is um I get I don't know if you get this question but I've gotten the question a lot um like why didn't I push the book harder why didn't I tell more people like why why didn't you advertise the book more and it's like a lot of people don't understand that the reason that I did reach out to you in the first place is because I didn't want people to know what poems I wrote and our writing styles were so similar that we could just jumble up all the poems that we picked and nobody <laughs> would have any idea no, which ones and were I ours. actually think that was your idea and I loved it because I was beyond nervous like mm-hmm. to publish that book I was so nervous and so the fact that we literally just mixed everything up and didn't put our names on each each poem yeah like that yeah. that was a huge selling point for me because it was yeah. like okay, they don't have to know that this one is me or this, Mm -hmm. this was a piece of my heart that I like poured out on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just, I'm glad that we went through that process together and we kind of had each other to hide behind because I don't know about for you, but for me being with the person that I was married to during that process, it's like when people think about an accomplishment like that I didn't really celebrate that like yes we had the book signing and stuff but I never like sat back and was like holy shit we just published a fucking book like we <laughs> fucking did it it was more so like god damn he just wants to fight me on everything like I'm not doing this to like put his name out there or like make him feel like a oh. bad person or anything like this is more so one of like my childhood dreams coming true and connecting with somebody who has a similar situation and our poetic souls match. So it's like, why not? Like, this is the perfect time for us to kind of like let go. And that was the beginning, honestly, of me, like letting go of that relationship and that marriage and starting to choose myself. No, I remember you telling me when I was down there that he was so mad about you publishing the book because he felt like you were publishing your guys's personal life, you know, for the whole world to see. And and it wasn't about him, you know, like no. it was, it was about you and doing something that you wanted and something that you were passionate about. And, and he couldn't see that, you know, and yeah, I don't know life with a narcissist. And then he had the audacity people, the audacity to show up to the book signing all smiles. And I was like, why the fuck is he with here? Flowers and everything. With flowers and everything. I was like, what, what are you doing here? Like, why are you even here? This is so fake. And he's like, you know, I just want to support you. And I was just like, thank God I'm leaving after this. I'm leaving. After so did this. you know, did you know then that you were going to take a deployment to like go or that was, no. that was after? <laughs> that was after. So that we published in 2017. I wrote you in March. The original date was supposed to be July 17th. That's why I, I wanted remember. to like pre like film this in July. And we ended up publishing, I think the first week of August 
Um, and then the book signing was August 19th. I left for Colorado to go to that Sam Hunt concert the 22nd of oh, yeah. August. Girl, I cried the entire concert. Like it was like all the emotions <laughs> just came out and just, all the alcohol yeah. and I was, it, it was a mess. And then um, <laughs> in October, I think it was the end of October, I applied for the job and November I got the the interview and they wanted me to start in December but right before I applied for the job I had actually given him divorce papers and he ripped them up I had like my first full-blown like panic attack I ended up in the (laughs) hospital it was it was a mess and this was all like during and right after um the book signing and I was just like I need I need something that's going to take me out of here I need a plan I need to finally figure out how to go about this in a way that he's not going to stop me um and then I left on my deployment I didn't tell him when I was coming back I scheduled a lawyer meeting and I got back to Albuquerque a week before he got back from school in Chicago I met with the lawyer started the paperwork the day he finished his final exam because I was courteous and kind and I waited (laughs) Um, the day he finished his final exam and he told me his grade, I was like, Hey, I want a divorce. And he's like, okay. Like he didn't fight me on it. And then he had the nerve to call me saying like how I deserve to be treated like a queen. And like, just saying all the right things that you want to hear when you should have heard them years ago, come to find out all he wanted was money from me because of my job. Like that divorce Uh, is expensive. Peace is very expensive. Um, but I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, I was. So when we went to Albuquerque, so we separated in 2016 in, in May. Uh, Like I said, my son was only three weeks old when we, uh, Mm -hmm. when we made the decision and then we initially filed and tried to be nice. You know, we tried to go like the, well, we, we can work this out ourselves Mm -hmm. route, which is a mistake for literally anybody, (laughs) you know, like it never works out that way. And so we decided we would do it ourselves. So we, we filed the paperwork online and, um, things were okay. And then he wouldn't cooperate. He wouldn't send me like pay stubs, something basic, like things Mm -hmm. that I needed to submit with our paperwork. And so it got stalled out and I didn't realize at the time, but they'll cancel your proceedings if you don't, like if no, nothing happens. So he sends me, this was like a year later, he sends me his pay stubs finally after like six months of me asking, he sends them to me and I had already filed one extension and he sent them to me like right, right when he found out he was losing his job, he sent me his pay stubs. And I took them to the courthouse and they're like, oh yeah, your court, your case was dismissed a week ago. And oh, so the timing God. of it was just like, it was just crazy. Cause it wasn't not like it was super expensive to file it online. So I wasn't out much at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we decided like, okay, we'll wait till you have a job again to refile. And then I found out cause we, you know, did the book signing and all of that stuff. And I found out he was using drugs pretty, uh, pretty heavily at that point. And so, um, at that point, it, like I said, it was just survival mode. So then it took me another couple of months before I could hire an attorney, um, to file paperwork for me. Cause I wasn't going to do it myself that time. Like yeah. there was 
one, he, he was a narcissist and two, he was a drug addict. Like there was no reasoning with him. There was no logic that was happening there, you know? And so, yeah. um, cause he would send me these text messages, like, cause we still, I, I was close with this family when we were married and they are a very close knit family, like do holidays together and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we tried to still be amicable about like splitting holidays with the kids and whatever. And so we had made an agreement on Christmas that year, like 2017, whatever. So a couple months after I found out he was using drugs and we had made an arrangement and my family had a party on Christmas Eve and his family was going to do Christmas day with them. And he texted me and was like, Hey, I need the kids, you know, two hours earlier on Christmas Eve. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. I have plans, you know, we have a family party. We already came to this agreement And he was so unhinged at that particular moment for the next 24 hours, every 30 seconds, I had a new text message to my phone, calling me names, like page long messages at two, four in the morning, like paragraphs long about how big of a psycho I was like, I mean, just, just unhinged, like ranting crazy. And so it was shortly after that, that I decided I didn't care like what it cost me or where it put me, but I was hiring an attorney and I was getting it done, you know? Yep. I completely understand. And then it took forever still. I mean, we, we just barely finalized. So we separated in 2016 and my divorce was, uh, they actually bifurcated it because we still couldn't come to like agreements on custody or like financial stuff. So they bifurcated it and granted the divorce when I bought my house so that I wouldn't have to put his name anywhere on the deed or anything. Cause I was pretty adamant about that. Like you don't get any yeah, piece of this. Like sure. it's mine. I worked my butt off, you know? So, um, they bifurcated it and allowed the divorce part to happen without, uh, without coming to a conclusion on anything else, just so I could buy the house. And that was October of 2019. So it took me Wow. Over three years just to, just to have my divorce finalized, like just to say I was divorced. So that's insane. That process. Oh oh my gosh. And to be fair, part of it was me. Like I was in such a funk and just, like I said, just drowning, just trying to survive. I didn't push things along as much as I should have either because I just didn't have that little bit left to get like it was the last of my worries. You know, my worry was kids and us and paying rent and doing all that stuff. And so, so just, that was just the, you know, so part of it was me dragging my feet a little bit, not because I didn't want to be divorced, but because Mm -hmm. I just knew it was going on. Yeah. It was just, it was just going to be that much more like stress that I couldn't take on at that particular point. So, so he, I mean, he disappeared for a pretty good chunk of time. And, uh, and honestly, it was just me and the kids and it was nice. Like we, we did a trip to Canada and I remember like crossing the border and just feeling, I don't know, it was similar to when we wrote the book where it was just like this feeling of accomplishment. Like mm-hmm. I did this by myself with my kids, you know, and yeah. I drove us from Utah to Canada and <laughs> went into another country. Like it, it seemed crazy to me, like at the time, but I just thought there's no way I'm trying to tackle an airport with a three and a one-year-old, like not going to happen, you know, but I thought I can do a road trip. And so we got our passports, we drove up there and we spent a week in Banff, uh, Canada. 
Oh, and it was like the most magical experience of my life, oh. probably because it was just exhilarating. It was just like, yeah. I did this, you know, I worked my butt off and mm-hmm. I saved you know, up and made this happen. And I don't need him, you know, I don't need, they don't need him, you know? So, yeah, yeah. So it was, it, oh my God, <laughs> it, it, it has been so much. Um, do you have contact with him now? Yeah. So he, he ended up getting himself into some legal trouble because of his drug use. Mm -hmm. So he, he disappeared and was doing his own thing. And I, like like I said, I was close with his family. And so I used to still, I would take the kids over to see his mom and we would, you know, so he would see them every once in a while in that setting. And then um, he ended up getting himself into trouble, which kind of kickstarted and forced him to get his, his crap together. So He now is, uh, he's doing a lot better. So he's still, you know, he's, he gets to see the kids and do all of that stuff now, but it was, uh, it was a rough few years. I mean, I don't think people realize like single mom is hard. Single momhood is hard anyway. Mm-hmm. But then when you add to the fact that there's nobody on the other side of that, there's no, you know, there's no one to come help you pick up the pieces or to take them for a few hours so you can breathe. Like there's none yeah. of that, you know? I could so, not imagine. So through all of that, how did you start to, because all of that is is life-changing and then you have to deal with the internal emotional pieces of picking yourself back up from all of that. So at what point did you finally start to say like, okay, I need to start regaining myself. I need to be who I am. I need to, damn, I need to figure out who the fuck I am and what I want for my life and for my kids. So what was that transition like for you? You know, I feel like I'm still learning (laughs) a little bit every day about what I want or, you know, who I am. I feel like I'm in a pretty good place now, but, um, but it probably was about the time that he started coming back into the picture, um, Mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, now I don't have to live entirely for my kids. I can breathe a little bit more. I can start to figure myself out, you know, and um, my, my boyfriend, I think that he helped a lot. Like I mentioned, you know, we were friends. We, we actually went to, to high school together um, and, <laughs> and we were going through divorces at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, so, and let me just tell you, that was a hot mess. Like <laughs> we were both so broken and messy that mm-hmm. us trying to date and make those pieces work was a mess, you know, and, yeah. and I was an emotional wreck. You know, I, I, I'm sure I was not easy all of the time, you know, because I mean, I remember there was one time where he'd been trying to come hang out for weeks and my apartment was a shit show, like toys everywhere that you could imagine there could be toys. And (laughs) like, I just was drowning, you know, I just felt like I can't, I don't have the energy to like put this back together to host somebody, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, And so he kept asking and kept asking and I would make up excuses like, no, I can't, I can't, you know? And uh, he called me one day and he said, I'm already on my way to your apartment and I don't give a shit what it looks like. I'm coming and I'll help you clean and you don't have a say in it. And and so he showed up and he helped me clean my entire apartment, like made me feel better about life, you know? And then we just sat and watched Super Troopers. Like he just was such a good friend that I needed, like- I didn't mm-hmm. have to put on a show for him. I didn't have to be somebody different. Like I could be the giant 
you know, hot ass mess that I was, and he was going to be there anyway, you know? And so, so that helped a ton. I think like not having to put on a show for him, you know, like not having to feel like I had to be somebody else for him to like me. You could just be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we definitely always had, um, there were sparks there, you know, and, and if Mm -hmm. you go look at like my, my, uh, poetry Instagram, like a lot of them are about him. Yeah. Like timing was just never right there, you know, and, and it was just always so hard. It it felt like it was harder than it needed to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that through all of it, he stuck with me, whether it was hard or not, like he was still there. And so then, uh, he, we live together now and, you know, we have a house and, and have our kiddos and stuff together now, but Um, I think he was probably one of the biggest things that helped me like find myself, you know, because he used to tell me like, you're more than just a mom, you know, you, you're, you are a person like you need to, like, I, (laughs) my heart uh, is oozing right now, Alicia, (laughs) my heart. I can't, I love that. And it's not perfect. You know, we still have our struggles and we moved in together right before COVID hit and and it was, you know, it's challenging to try and blend a family anyway, because you have your ideas on, on how you want to do things with your kids and like, everybody's different, you know, or you have your own parenting style and trying to find something that works together is, is pretty challenging. And so there were parts over the last year where I'm like, we're not going to make it, you know, like this is too hard, you know, yeah. because it was just, you know, it, and it's hard too, because for him, he had his daughter, you know, just part of the time, but then that was it. Then the rest of the time he could be him. And Mm -hmm. because I have my kids so much more because of my ex's history, Mm -hmm. he went from having some solitude and some time to be himself to like kids all the time, time. you know, between between mine and his just, there's always constant kids and noise. And and so I think that was kind of a hard transition for him too. It was just like, Mm -hmm. you know, you go from being yourself to, to being, you know, to having to be, to be super dad all the time or whatever, you know? And for me, that was just no big deal. Cause I had already, you were used I to already, it. Yeah. I had already had kids all the time. And so, so I felt like that was a little bit challenging, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the, the pink hair is, uh, I love it on <laughs> you. Oh my gosh, you guys, she has her roots, her natural roots and her hair is like a pastel mixed with like a highlighter. It's just giving me vibes. It's <laughs> they always say when a female changes their hair, something major is about to take place. You know, I, I started dyeing it while he and I were dating. And, and at first I like, I dipped my toe in the water, you know, I had it like a little bit reddish brown mm-hmm. at the end. And then, um, I was telling him one day we were just sitting talking and I was telling him like, I don't want to have to, and I worked at a bank at the time. So I really couldn't go crazy with my hair. Cause you mm-hmm. know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have allowed that. <laughs> and so I remember telling him, like, I switched jobs and started working for the software company and they didn't care. You know, they, yeah, we deal with customers, but it's on the phone. And so I was like, I want to do something crazy with my hair. Like I want to go bold, but I don't want to like chop it all off or, you know, like the normal yeah. things you do with your hair. And yeah. he's like, who cares? Hair? Like do what you want. And uh, so he actually kind of pushed me to dye my hair blue the first time. And, uh, and so <laughs> 
been it's been an array of colors ever since then and I love it um it's been it's been fun I had rainbow hair a few I remember that yeah I love that I I thought that that was I'm like okay like the rainbow is just gonna be my spirit color like I'm gonna love it and I didn't Uh love it as much and probably more because the upkeep of it was just oh I I can only imagine (laughs) you know quarantine makes you do crazy things like I I had had like pretty mild hair up until then where it's just like just a little bit on the ends you know and Mm -hmm. then quarantine life I'm like screw it like going to Sally's gonna buy whatever I need and I'm dying my hair and we're just gonna get it done and actually he I was so nervous to bleach my hair for the first time because it's very dark like naturally Mm -hmm. you know and so it takes a lot to lighten it to where you can color it. And I knew like, I don't want to be one of those, you know, YouTube horror stories that you see where their, <laughs> their whole head burns off, you know, like no hair left. And so he actually did it for me the first time. Like he helped me like, up on the, we love more. a supportive man. Shout out you know, to you him. Know, I told him. I'm like, I'm like, this is the ultimate trust exercise. Like I'm giving sure. you like, a brush with bleach and my head and this is the ultimate trust exercise but but no I think that I mean definitely he helped but uh watching that podcast that you did a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh you you had said something that really kind of struck me like it's you know obviously you want to find yourself for yourself but I think a lot of times we find ourselves in our partners and we find ourselves in our relationships and not that, you know, not that I'm putting on a show with him or anything like that. Cause obviously he saw all of the nightmare, but, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that in a lot of cases, you know, you kind of, at least for me, I've, I've realized and had to do some thinking after hearing, hearing you say that, but I realized that in a lot of cases, I, I mold myself to fit the situation or who I'm with and not the other way around. It's not, yep this is who I am, take it or leave it. It's okay. Well, I'll make this adjustment here and this adjustment here and this adjustment. As long here. as the other person's happy, then you're happy because you find your happiness and their happiness being a relationship a million is what I call it because I, yeah. I struggle with that. Even not even in like romantic situations, it could be with anybody that I love and that I care about when I'm with that person, I, will cater to their needs rather than think about my own. Um, If they want to do something and I particularly don't want to do it, I'll just bite my tongue and just put on a smile and go with it. Because again, I find my happiness in making other people happy. And it's a constant reminder and an exercise, at least for me, that I need to wake up every morning and be like, okay, what do I want? What do I need? How am I going to fill my cup up before I fill other people's cups up? So. Yep. And, th- and that's something I struggle with every day. It's like mm-hmm. my kids or, you know, like, I feel like I am always so willing to give so much of myself and I'm not good at setting those boundaries for myself and saying, Ooh, no, boundaries. <laughs> yep. it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's harder than it sounds to be like, okay, this is what I want for the day, or this is what I want to eat for dinner. I mean, just something super simple. Like simple. That. Like, this, is yep. what, this is what I want, but well, you want that. So, well, I guess that's okay. Like I can find something I like, you know? And so I don't know. And not that stuff like that is a big deal. You know, you pick your battles obviously, but it's a little thing that add up. mm -hmm. Yeah. I do the same thing. Like I, I heard you say that and, and it hit me hard. I'm like, 
damn, like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like I never realized it was that bad, you know? And then I started Mm -hmm. thinking about it and I'm like, oh my God, I do the exact same thing. So our souls are still connected. They are. No, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, that's one of the things that, that has always kind of resonated with me. Like we wrote that book together because we swapped poetry. Like, I, I don't know if anybody, you know, if, if people know that, but like we met in that Facebook group for photography and you posted randomly like, Hey, does anyone else have any other hobbies? Like what other things do you like to do? And, um, and you wrote, you know, Hey, I write poetry. And so then it kind of started a a couple people started writing back and forth and swapping poems, but you, you were the most consistent with it. And we shared poetry back and forth. And I felt like everything of yours I read was just, it just hit home, you know, it's like, okay, well, I, I felt that exact same way, you know, and I think I'm not going to get it right. There's a quote that I love, um, that says something like, uh, basically the, the goal of poetry is to make the reader feel something in himself that, you know, based on your writing, like basically to feel what you've written. And I felt like that with all your poetry. And so then, you know, like, like you'd mentioned, we, we didn't talk for a couple months after we had initially done that. And then you randomly wrote me one day and said, Hey, do you want to write a book together? <laughs> and that is so crazy. And I don't think I even hesitated. It was like, well, do I? Yeah. You were sure. like, what sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly, yep. that's exactly what you wrote me. Um, and I was like reading it back and I was like, holy shit, we are, we literally just dove head first into this. And it wasn't like we gave it, we didn't give it a second thought. We were just like, okay, so what are the next steps after this? And I remember working full time and then going through my journals because like I had been writing since I was like 12 and I stopped for a little bit. And then when I got married, that's when I started to pick it back up because of course you do your best writing when you're really depressed, really drunk, really, really sad. Um, everything just (laughs) blows out like, like word vomit. And I think the hardest part was like trying to pick out the poems. Cause I think we were doing like 25 each at first. And then it turned into like, Oh, it was like yeah. 50 something each by the end of it. <laughs> couldn't choose. And I think the one thing that I regret about that process is still having my ex in the back of my mind and not publishing the ones that I really wanted to. Do you have any regrets about that process? um, Not necessarily any regrets. I do feel like there were some that I held back though, same as you, where it was just like, Mm -hmm. that one's a little too personal. Like, I don't think I can share that one yet. Like I wasn't ready to put those words out there, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, so I, I did put some personal ones, but I also included some from like high school, you know, where like, yeah, same. Yeah, just like, oh, like okay, these little words, you know. Safe, you know. Yeah, yeah. This one, this yeah. one's safe. It's in high school. Like it wasn't real life back then, you know. And so, so I definitely feel like there was some of that on my side too, where it's just like, okay, I can't, I can't put that one in there. Like I just, I don't have it in me to share that one yet, you know. So for sure. Um, and I think I, I mean, I've tried to be better. I haven't been very consistent. I'd like to write more, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of explore that, that passion and see what I can make of it, you know? Um, and I started an Instagram page for my writing and I just haven't been, you know, haven't been super consistent with it, but that's something that I would like to do Yeah, moving forward is just 
just really put an emphasis on it. I, I've started writing short stories as well. Oh, um, and I submitted one into a contest a few weeks ago and I didn't win, but, uh, but, but at least okay. you did it. <laughs> at least you took yes. that step. You had faith in yourself and you were like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I entered that contest in and it's prompted me to like, start writing more short story stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and I've written a couple of other, just like more for my kids, but like children's stories, you know, and things like that, that are that are more for them that are just kind of silly and fun or whatever. So I don't know if I'd want to explore doing something like that. Most of my poetry is rhymey. And so it's made that a lot easier, you know, to write mm-hmm. children's stuff because it's rhymey and cutesy and whatever, but yeah, it's not anything I'm like passionate about, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of more for fun. So yeah. Would you ever go back down the publishing route again by yourself this time? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think, I mean, I definitely liked the process that we went through, but I felt like, I don't know, I would like to find a way to put it out there more. Like, I think that that's probably one of the things that, and and I know that we obviously had our own life, like stuff Mm -hmm. that was going on at that time, you know? And so putting it out there is, you know, and making it more, more publishable or like, I don't know, more, more accessible to, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that that's something that I probably would want more next time, you know, just so Mm -hmm. that it's more out there and we can reach more people. Um, but that, that would probably be, so I don't know if that, if the company we used would be the right platform for that or. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, (laughs) after like looking back that that process was very, like we could have done it ourselves because we did it ourselves. We, you did the cover art. We found the glyphs that we wanted to use for the cover. Um, and then I put everything together in publisher and gave it to them. And all they did was bind it all together and package it up. Like, yeah, there was even a couple of things that I found after the fact that I was like, they should have caught that in their editing process or whatever. Like, Oh my God. Yep. Yep. The layout is what kills me. I was like, what, what, what the fuck were we thinking? Like, this is, this hurts my eyes to look at like some pages. I'm just like, this is, this is out of center. Like, yeah, they're on the wrong side. And so it's like, they should have caught that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that at least for me personally, when, uh, people are like, Oh, you published a book. I'm like, yeah, they're like, why don't you talk about it? I don't want to relive that. I feel like I put it out when it needed to be put out. I released it from myself and that was the process of publishing it. And I just uh, let it burn. Like just, it does what it does. And I don't, I don't ever foresee myself like going back and like really pushing the book. Um, I've always wanted yeah. to buy a couple of copies and like leave them randomly, like in airports or like coffee shops. And I actually like- remember you telling me that, that cause you were traveling a lot more back then. And you're like, I'm just going to leave one in every hotel room. or just randomly. That's what I did. Like yep. That. Yeah. That's what I definitely did. Um, well, so- I still have a box of those books. So maybe I'll just start sprinkling them around like glitter. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm down to my last two now. Um, a couple of people when I was deployed overseas, uh, bought a couple of copies. And then I had one girl, um, when I was like shooting photography back then she gave it to her friend who was going through a breakup and she stopped me at the wedding and she's like, Oh my God, like you're the author of this book, 
Marissa gave it to me. Like it's helped me so much through my breakup. And I was like, okay, that's it. That's, that's the one person that I needed to affect. I feel accomplished in this moment. Yeah. So no, I actually remember, I feel like I remember reading a post where you'd posted, you know, kind of the feedback you'd gotten from her. And, and I think that that's really, you know, that's the goal of writing. Like you want to be able to touch someone, you want to be able to make a difference in their life. And, and you also want to be able to get your feelings out and your thoughts out and, you know, just express yourself that way. At least, you know, for me, I feel like that's why I write is mm-hmm. to express myself or sometimes for my sanity. <laughs> for but, sure. Sometimes uh, you just need to let it out. <laughs> just let it out. Yeah. Sometimes I write and I don't even read what I write. Like I just, I just close it. I was like, oh, it's gone. I don't have to think about it anymore. I have, I have a couple of like running word documents on my phone that um, I'll add to when, when something hits, you know, when the inspiration hits. And so I have a couple for poetry and then some for just random thoughts or things that I want to expand upon or whatever. So that's how I get them out. And then I, not all of them are usable or anything that for I would sure. do, anything, but it's just a way for me to get out that like burst or that thought, you know, in that moment. So what's next for you though? Cause we talked a little bit before this about you wanting to transition into like your next chapter, either for your career, for your creativity or for your passion. So what is next for Alicia May? You know, I think that, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I want. I want to start, you know, being able to, to be more free to do those things that I love or the things that I am passionate about. Um, instead of having to work for someone else or Ooh, say it one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. You know, just work, working a nine to five is great. And it, and it saved my ass and helped me get through the last few years of my life. I, you mm-hmm. know, obviously I needed the income, I needed the stability, but it doesn't spark my creativity and it, it's challenging. I mean, with COVID I worked from home uh, which was awesome. I'm so grateful that I had somewhere that I worked where I was able to do that, you know, because I was able to be home with my kids and, but it was hard. I felt like I worked three times as hard working from home as I ever did in the office, just, just to get things done, just to make ends meet, you know, yeah. um, hit, hit the goals that were set for me or whatever. And not that I don't know. It's as much that they were putting pressure on me, but I guess I felt more like, well, if they're letting me work from home, I have to work harder to like show them that I'm productive or show them that I'm doing what I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. and I added so much stress onto my plate. Like I lost a lot of myself in that process just because I, I, you know, my boyfriend used to get mad or my kids would get frustrated because it would be six thirty, seven o'clock. And I would still be typing out emails and working. And it's like, okay, at some point you have to clock out. Like we need to eat dinner. You know, we yeah. need to move on with our lives. Like there was no work and home life balance anymore. It was just work, work. And because it was right, right here. You know, I just roll out of bed and turn on my computer. I would start working the second I would wake up and I would work until I had to had to get offline to cook dinner. And I just can't do that anymore. Like my kids deserve more of my time. I deserve more of my time. And, and so I need something different. You know, I think I, I just, and I need, I would love to be able to do something creative, something that, you know, Mm -hmm. something that involves writing or, you know, just find something else that where I can be more free to be myself and find myself, I think so. 
For sure. I love that. Hopefully we can have you back on the podcast talking about your new business, your new venture. <laughs> that would be freaking amazing. Um, so I have a question for you okay. through everything that you've been through and throughout your journey. What is one of the biggest lessons that you take away that you wish you would have known? Hmm. I- there are so many <laughs> life lessons that I've learned <laughs> in just the last, you know, three, four years. But yeah. um, I think one of the biggest things that, uh, one of the biggest struggles that I had or one of the things that I really had to like figure out a way to, to work around or get over is the fact that I, and I never in my life before this thought of myself as a control freak, but going through the divorce and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. when I had no control of anything at all. And I literally just felt like everything was chaos and I was drowning. I, I had to learn or to reteach myself, I guess, that you can't force things to happen. You know, you know, I mentioned that Mm -hmm. me and my boyfriend were a hot ass mess trying to make things work when we were going through divorces and our lives were individually blowing up. And I tried so hard to force pieces there or to like make it, you know, make it make make sense. Yeah. And, and it didn't, and it ended up, you know, it would get messier and uglier, you know, and it was just like, it was just so much stress that I added into the mix and same with my kids. You know, I feel like when I try to force too much control of a situation or force control of, you know, my, my kids love art uh, and love being creative, which is probably because I, you know, that's what we did. You know, we would have paint, Mm -hmm. paint time and whatever, but, um, but if I try to direct too much what they're doing or have control over their process, mm-hmm. they're, they're painting one, they don't love it as much. And, and then it doesn't end up turning out, you know, with anything that I love either. And, and so I think just in general in life, like when I try to force too much control of a situation, or I try to work too hard to make something fit instead of just letting it happen organically, or just going with the flow, I think that mm-hmm. it makes a bigger net of whatever the situation is, you know? So that would, that would probably be the biggest takeaway that I have. Oh, I love that. Definitely. Cause I am a fellow control freak. If I feel like my life is being spun out of control, I need to find one aspect of my life that I can control. And that's usually very dangerous. Um, and you know, I just love that we had the time to have this conversation. Me too. I, it was long overdue. Oh, so long overdue. And it's, it's so funny that we're so extreme (laughs) because our catch up is my first episode of the podcast, you know, like, Hey, yeah, we haven't talked in forever, but here, let me put it out for the world. Once again, once again, I I was going to say, it's like you said, it's, it's, you know, everything coming full, full circle. So I think it's, it was a, I'm, I'm glad I'm super grateful that I got to be the, the first podcast, but I'm excited to see where this takes you. Like, I think that it's a great idea. And I, I think we need more just genuine organic conversations about life and For people's sure. struggles. Cause we never know, you know, you see a hundred people in a day, if you go to the store and you never know what they're going through or what they've been through. Yeah. And so I, I love it. I love that you're going to get to have those conversations and share those people, you know, share people's experiences. I think that that's amazing. So. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Let my, um, what do you call them? Like followers, listeners, subscribers, um, 
where to find you and your writing and your poetry? So I have two um, public Instagrams that I use. And again, I need to be <laughs> a little more consistent <laughs> with them. But one of them is Alicia May dot writes. Um, I, it used to be poetry, but I changed it since I've kind of changed my direction with my writing and stuff. Um, and the other one is Amanita Avenue, which is more um, just in general, I, I created it to be kind of a creative outlet where I could share like photography stuff that I had done. And then also um, I crochet and knit as well. And so it's just kind of somewhere where I could go and share that kind of stuff and not you know, not have it be my Instagram where my yeah. kids' pictures are and all of that stuff. You yeah. Know? So it's more of a public, public one. So there are those two, two places. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, hun. We have to catch up more often. It, this can't just be a podcast <laughs> or once every couple of years thing. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for tuning into the very first episode of Love That Journey for Us. As a small token of my appreciation, I want to give away a Starbucks gift card to one of my listeners. All you have to do is leave a rating and leave a review about one thing that you took away from this episode, as well as your Instagram handle. I'll be announcing the winner on August 9th on the podcast page, so make sure you're following the page. It's at lovethatjourney.x.podcast. It will be in the show notes as well as all of Alicia's information. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. And until next week, remember, you are worthy. You are loved. You are incredible. You are amazing. And this life is yours to live.